This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose, great dribbling by Don Vose, and still Vose, he gets past another, oh what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season! And that is remarkable, the Buller boys are getting involved. Connor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's not coming in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a black Friday, but today is a red Saturday! Hello, welcome to another episode of Rob Ryan Red. Now, usually Rich does the intros, but Rich isn't here this week. Rich is enjoying a well-earned break. So, friend of the show, James Kelly's back after only doing, what was it, two episodes ago? Uh, player of the season? Yeah, and I then think it was. Then yeah. We've had, yeah, player of the season, and we made our case, and I, you know, valiantly made my case for Riesel Johnson, and he put in that brilliant performance, didn't he, against, uh, against Borenwood away. Since then, we've had the the Notts County game. I mean, Rich has been on commentary twice since we since we were on. Notts County wasn't so good, and then we got that eight goal thriller. I guess we've got to just start James with the eight goal thriller against Kings Lynn. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, I'm not quite sure at the start of the season how many people would have thought Kings Lynn would have been almost one of the most exciting clashes of the season. Um, but certainly, both of them for, for very different reasons. I feel. Um, have been kind of top of people's list, I think, when we look back on this season of games we remember. I mean, yeah, I think it, it was obviously, you know, going into it, I was a little bit pessimistic because I thought you can just imagine Steve Cleave is going to want to, you know, come to the race course and just absolutely ruin our chance to get in the playoffs. Um, and it actually turned out to be not so bad, didn't it? I mean... But he went, didn't he? Cleave was there, they panned on him on the live stream and there was all this talk at the beginning. I kind of missed it. I think I was half paying attention that he'd offer bonuses. 
to to the players of Kings Lynn to to beat Rex. Now, I mean, I, a friend of mine asked me, you know, is that even legal? Can you do that? Can you offer cash incentives? I'm not sure if you can, and I I, I we don't know. Obviously, they didn't win the game, so they would have got no bonus. But I mean, it just shows his dis, dislike, distaste. You know, he's, he's blocked many Wrexham fans on Twitter. I unfortunately don't have that badge of honor yet, but but he's blocked many people, and it's just amazing that Wrexham still holds a place in his inside his head. You know, after all the years of of not being able to take over the club, mm, it, it is a bit strange, isn't it? I mean, certainly when you consider kind of. It, what was it like a decade ago or something? Now? Mm, yeah, um, it's it's a little bit strange that he would still have the sort of vindictiveness towards us. I mean, in, in all fairness, he wasn't quite as bad as um, that away that away game. Like the amount of, I, I think he must have been on Twitter for about thirty six hours straight. He just wouldn't have gone to bed. He was just, yeah. <laughs> it was honestly just like the amount of stuff he was he was saying was I've I've never seen anybody do that in terms of certainly from yeah. an owner. Yeah, that was he was completely rattled. You, you just got to be honest. Uh, he, like you say, he barely slept. Probably he was he was going back and forth. And the more he was responding, the more people were going at him. You know, sometimes you got to. I mean, very amusing for Wrexham fans, but sometimes you just got to think you're the owner of a football club that's trying to well, ultimately trying to get into the football league, and you're clapping back at every every fan going. But you know, there were some great goals in that game. Uh, you know, the, I thought their first goal, the free kick, that's just top corner. Lainton side really I thought there's nothing he could do about that and even Pearson just turned around and was sort of like yeah we would have to accept it mm, no absolutely yeah I mean I think certainly in terms of I think in terms of the scorers was the nice thing just just to see the variety I mean obviously yeah. Ponticelli's not really you know I'm not quite sure what people's expectations were of him I mean I myself um, wasn't particularly so expecting very much uh, when he came in but I think certainly it was good for him to get a goal. I think gold at Matayo as well. Um, I mean, a very good mate of mine when he when he joined was basically um, he's, he's a yoga fan. He was like, "Yeah, good luck, mate." Because apparently when he was there, it was just like, he was just yeah, like kind of just made fun of basically. Um, yeah. So you know, good for him to get a brace. Um, and then obviously now that felt important. Him. That felt important. The goal, just just to touch on him. I mean. The first one was just a really good finish. I thought, you know, he just took him really well. And like you say, he's not just the name, but yeah, he's he's all around play, his kind of career CV. There's everything there just for him to be a meme, you know, one of those footballers that we look back and go, can you believe we had a player called Gold on Mateo? But you know what? Like Dean seems to like him. He, he obviously offers that kind of physical presence that Kwame had. You know, obviously if Kwame was fit, we probably wouldn't have Gold and, and it wouldn't be an issue. But, you know... I don't think, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Dean doesn't want to play Ponticelli and Angus up front. They're too similar, they're too off-the-shoulder strikers, basically, off-the-shoulder of the last defender. And you need someone who's going to give you that physical presence up there. Mm, yeah, I mean, the way that we play very much so, you need that kind of, in the sort of two, you need that sort of dynamic duo, don't you? If someone who is mm. is able to back in and hold it up and... Then, like you say, with sort of with Angus, and then with sort of Ponticelli having people running off. Um, so I, I think it's nice, you know, that we, we have options. Um, I mean, there's been so many seasons, certainly in recent memory, where we, we've had strikers um, who are only really strikers in, in sort of name. Uh, and certainly, when you actually watch them play, it's kind of like how how is this person a footballer? Uh, but certainly at the moment, I think we, we've got a very very good sort of lineup, and I think it's. 
it's nice for once that we do have a little bit of depth, which, you know, as, as I'm sure we'll touch on, if we do get into the playoffs, could be very, very useful. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jordan Davis looks like he's just still in brilliant form. I mean, the free kick, I thought, was absolutely superb once again. You know, the Cloyd Point assassin. Um, yeah, they're just, uh, we, we seem to be hitting a good bit of form, but I was actually very concerned when it was within one goal, Kings Lynn. I thought any drop points here, you know, I've been saying on the pod for weeks that three point, you know, beating Kings Lynn is a gimme. It's a gimme. That's three points in the bank. But, you know, we, we, were, we were playing dicey. I guess Kings Lynn had nothing to lose and they could just go and be completely cavalier in attack and, and didn't have to bother defending, which, yeah, they didn't. We should have scored six or seven. We had one ruled out that, you know, handball, but I didn't see anything wrong with that personally. But we're, we're not going to play teams in this final game against Dagenham. And, and if we get into the playoffs, we're not going to play teams that, that, are that, play that play that loose and fast defensively. Mm. No, absolutely not, yeah. I mean, I think, as you say, it's very much the case that, I mean, Kingsley haven't really, I don't think anyone expected them to do anything this season, but they've, they've not really been particularly competitive. Um, and I think certainly certainly in that game, it was almost just a case of, I mean, yeah, as you say, it's almost like a free hit really for them, isn't it? Because they're not going to go down, um, given the way the season's gone. I, I don't know how they're going to go next season, but it's almost like, you know, you, you get to go to sort of play at the race course, you can just enjoy your afternoon really I guess and I, I think certainly watching the game that was kind of the attitude you got from them you know what the worst thing was after we beat Kings Lynn I was, I was just about to start a shift at work we've won 5-3 I'm obviously buzzing we've got the three points we're one step closer and then I go and check the results and I see that Joe Kizzy 95th minute winner for Bromley so that's a sucker punch I mm. then look at the Chesterfield score they see they've won 2-1 1-1 for a while they beat Dagenham a Danny Rowe penalty in the 86th minute. Okay, so that's another sucker punch. And then I'm going down, I'm thinking, right, there's, someone's got to have gone in our favour. Eastley, Joe Tomlinson penalty in the 92nd minute. You go even further down, I mean, Halifax, they won Notts County. I mean, they made light work of of Yeovil. Torquay obviously drew, Stockport drew, but it wasn't really about those. It was at Chesterfield. I mean, yeah, Halifax, Bromley, just seeing those results feels like, I know if we win, we beat Dagenham. We're in. It's in our hands. That old chestnut. That yeah, it's in our hands. But it it it's so frustrating when you see the other results. I mean, it's, before we get onto Tuesday's results, Saturday just felt like there was so many things that could have gone for us that maybe would have given us that extra point, that extra two points on certain teams. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was very much a case. Certainly, the um, the Chesterfield one. When I saw Chesterfield score, you, you didn't even need to know who had scored. I know Danny Rowe's not been quite his, his sort of filed self um, in sort of every game he's played for Chesterfield, but he just, I don't know, you just have, have this feeling that he's going to score in every game he plays at this level. Um, and when when you, I saw it with one I just thought, yeah, it's, I don't even need to look who's scored. <laughs> but you know what, we, you know, we've watched a lot of leagues between us over, you know, all across Europe that have had really exciting title races, relegation battles, but you've got to think the National League, playoff picture which you know while slightly more tin pot than some top divisions is is actually really exciting if you're a neutral I mean it's terrifying if you're Wrexham, Chesterfield, Bromley, Notts County those kind of teams easily but you've got to think I mean if you're just a, a fan of non-league football it's, it's a brilliant advert you know with so many teams fighting on the final day. Absolutely yeah I mean I think it's <clears throat> it's very much a case of um, what it reminded me of um, a little bit is um as a sort of a basketball fan like yourself, a little mm. bit like the sort of play-in tournament they've introduced in the NBA. 
where it's, it's kind of like for people that sort of don't know how it works it's kind of like the teams that weren't quite good enough to make the playoffs have almost like a sort of another chance of being able to qualifying another route into it and it kind of feels like this final day is almost is almost like that certainly as we're going to talk about I imagine the way the fixtures are aligned it's I don't think I've ever seen a final day where obviously you know even you know the Premier League sort of weekend just gone it was a case that you had a few teams vying for the top four but it wasn't a case that every team vying for those final two spaces were playing each other it, it really is just mm. it's so like well set up it's there's going to be so much drama um and I just I'm not looking forward to it if I'm no, no I'm, I'm not looking forward to it at all and you just know there's going to be there's going to be so much like checking of the scores you're going to hear commentaries saying, oh, there's been a goal at so-and-so, there's been a goal here. And all you're going to see is that live table with just the green and red arrows and like who goes where. And really you're jockeying for position. Now you want to get, I think personally we're looking at sixth or seventh, but you know, who knows? We could still get fifth. Notts County, what, three points ahead of us and we will have a better goal difference if we win and they lose. So it's all still to play for, but Tuesday night, this was the big one for me. I ended up going out because I couldn't bear to stay in just to follow my Twitter feed. So I went out, met a friend of mine and I come back and I see, I get a text that says Eastley's Eastley full time. So I was like, all right, what's, what's the damage? You know, the Eastley, obviously that felt like the big game. That felt like if they go in, they win, they beat Altrincham, they go in, it's in their hands. Given they've got one of the kind of final day fixtures, that felt like, it would be pretty significant. Come back to here, Ryan Colclough. I used to actually cover Altrincham when I was when I lived in Manchester. Really good club there, good people there. And I like them even more now because they got to manage to get a one-one draw with Eastleigh. Ryan Colclough scoring, and listening to the absolute devastation in the voice of Ben Strevens, Eastleigh manager, just pure, they just absolutely gutted because it feels like that was their opportunity missed. And I know that Chesterfield fans, Wrexham fans, Bromley fans will be absolutely delighted and no doubt sending some sort of flowers or congratulations to Altrincham. Mm, absolutely yeah I mean when I saw that score I was I'm not gonna lie I was kind of sitting in a similar fashion I, I almost just forgot the game was on I was like right well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at my phone um, and my phone firmly stayed in my pocket and then when I saw the score I thought I almost thought I was I was dreaming I, I know it sounds a bit maybe far-fetched because it's only Altrincham drawing it Eastley. I mean I have a very sad life clearly but <laughs> It's, we need to get better dreams. We need better dreams. But no, I'm with I'm with you. It, it was significant, James. It was significant. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it really is a case that because as we're going to come on to, if Eastley would have won that, it pushes us down to seventh, and it means then we really have to beat Dagenham. You know, it is a case of even if we if we drop us you know two points, if we draw, we, we're out of the playoffs. But it is a it's a situation now that it's a lot more favourable for us. Um, and I think, yeah, I, th- I think we will look back on it and hopefully, you know, come sort of three o'clock on Saturday, we, we can all all relax with some form of, of beverage and sort of yeah. enjoy the sort of playoffs yeah. to come. You'd hope. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk that there will, will be a lot of Wrexham fans in, in the Dagenham Stadium, you know, come, come the weekend. Obviously, fans are allowed back in now, home fans. Obviously, Wrexham have got fans all over the country, plenty in London. And while I won't be one of them, unfortunately, I will be following with interest and watching. And it's now turns out that I'm going to have to be watching on BT Sport rather than uh, rather than on the stream. So there'll be no there'll be no commentary via a stream. It will be BT Sport. It will be Adam Virgo, no doubt, that will be 
uh, talking into my ear. And I don't know, I, I get that there's money generated from that, but I, for one, am more worried now after that news than I was before that news got announced. Mm, no, it is, it is very much the case that BT just seems to curse us. Like I, I've, I can't remember a game where I've seen us play well on, on BT. I think there was one cross-border derby that we won. Um, I think I remember that one. Was that the, a piercing the, header the, or something like that? Yeah, or, yeah the, mm. the piercing header, yeah, and that sort of re- reasonably iconic photo of, of him wheeling away. That's but I can't, in, that, in that lovely yellow shirt. But I can't, I can't think of too many games other than that where we've actually, we've actually played well on BT Sport, let alone one. Well, we had that Maidenhead game earlier this season that I was unfortunately reminiscing with you before we, we came on mm. air. That I mean, that was that was dreadful. I remember that one on, on a Monday night under the last. That was really poor. And then we went to Sutton away. And to be honest, that, that was a hard-fought point, but we didn't play particularly well. I know Keller had that chance where he sort of loosely swings a leg at it and, um, you know, and obviously doesn't go in and we draw nil-nil there. And, you, you know, obviously... Ultimately, if we're cursed by BT, we're not going to go up given every playoff game is on the TV. But it just feels like of all the games, you know, you look at the fixtures and you go Bromley against Notts County. Um, and they've obviously just played each other. Bromley against Notts County on the final day is a big game. Dagenham against Wrexham is a big game. Halifax Chesterfield's a big game. You know, they're the three that are really, really big. You've got Eastleigh away at Solly Hall and likes of Stockport and Hartlepool playing lesser teams than you'd expect them to win. But really that Bromley game, Dagenham and Halifax, they're the three, they're the three that will that will determine what happens really, you know, one way or another if they win or lose those games. And yeah, it just feels like, I mean, sure, there's obviously the Dagenham situation, it's two American owners, isn't it? And you kind of, you know, Tim Howard investing in in Dagenham and obviously you've got Robin Ryan. They're obviously going to big that up to to no end. That'll be all the build up with I'm sure Matt Smith and whoever else they have on there, they always get like random ex-managers. You know, there'll be a random mm. kind of uh, player or it'll be Virgo on the commentary, but then there'll be some, like Josh Gowling was on the other week in one of them. And they'll just get somebody, you know, out of the blue from a non-league circle that will come and say how Wrexham don't have enough or how, you know, we're, we're missing Kwame Thomas or just telling us something really obvious that we already know. But you know what? It, Dagenham can be beaten but it, it's just the idea of going away, going on the road. And and I feel like really a draw might be enough, but really you need to win. You know, you mm. you, you need to win to, to make sure. Otherwise, you, you finish the game, obviously it'll kick off at the same time, immediately you turn to your phones. And can you imagine we draw with Dagenham, the results are all going in our favour, and then bang, Bromley score in the last minute. You just think, I mean, that would be the most classic Wrexham finish to a season that of, of the non-league era? Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's very much a case of, I mean, <laughs> I, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be one one hell of an afternoon. I mean, I, I'm certainly not looking forward to a Saturday morning, you know, usually you wake up, you sort of have a cup of tea, read the paper, you know, might go for a walk or something, but I, I won't, I will do all that, but I won't be able to enjoy any of it because I will just be waiting for half 12, well, a little bit before the team news, but you know, after the kickoff and just just seeing what is going to unfold. Um, I mean, I, I was actually going to try and you mentioned about people trying to go um, to Dagenham. I was actually going to try and get a ticket myself, but then um, it's sold out. 
Um, mm. So I'm not sure if I should should admit to that. Um, I'd be banned forevermore from hmm. from going to Dagenham, which would be a travesty. But I mean, there'll be lots of Wrexham fans that are there. That you know, it's, I think even Dagenham fans I saw on Twitter just accepted the fact that a lot of those tickets that have sold out will probably be. I mean, who knows? We'll see, won't we? On on who turns up and. I'm sure they're not going to be sat there in the home and in a Rex of a shirt, but we'll we'll soon find mm. out how many are there. And yeah, I, I've I mean I look at the table now. I'm, I'm looking at now. You think Notts County fifth on seventy points, Wrexham sixth with sixty seven. Then you get interesting. Chesterfield seventh sixty six, Eastleigh eighth with sixty six, Bromley ninth with sixty six, and Halifax tenth with sixty five. So you know Halifax Chesterfield a point in that. Both need to win. I think the fact that both teams need to win the games, you know, no one's going to roll over and screw us over, really. Like, everyone's going to have to go out, win their game. It's not like Bromley can roll over. It's not even like Notts County can really afford to roll over because, you know, if... if um, uh, I suppose looking at it... I'm talking nonsense, basically. Looking at it, Notts County are in the playoffs, no? Yeah, they're yeah, no, four they point are, cushion. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm talking nonsense. I can't read. So it's really so it's Rex and Chesterfield easily, but I still don't. I still don't think Notts County will roll over to Bromley and just say, you know what, we'd rather Bromley get in than than Wrexham. You know, will concede almost position, or you know they can obviously still try and push. If Hartlepool lose their game, obviously Notts County can get fourth. So still plenty to play for. Um, it's just not you know football's meant to be enjoyable. I just think with Wrexham a lot of the time, like even that Kingsling game, like I enjoyed it once it finished. And I enjoyed it when that fifth goal went in. But you just think a lot of the time with Wrexham, it's, it's maybe you enjoy it more after the fact, you know? Like, it, I feel like getting into the playoffs will be a huge achievement, given, given it's been a couple of seasons. And Dean's, I would say Dean is overachieved with the squad he's got at his disposal, I would argue. You know, think when we, we ended up go, having to go and make a load of free transfers, you know, in the annals of Wrexham history, we're going to be talking about Chris Sang and Keanu Marsh-Brown and people like that. They haven't really got a look in. Gold on Mateo. But it just I, there's no part of that 90 minutes that I think I will enjoy. Although I do have good memories from Dagenham. I don't know if you were at the game when Luke Young scored an absolute belter that I think one goal of the season that you kind of tucked away. I know at Dagenham you can sit behind the goal or you can be sort of tucked away on the side stand where you stand. And we had a penalty and then Luke Young scored an absolute screamer. So... You know, we've got a good history there, but there's just something about is Elliot Justin in goal for them? That just there's certain keepers that when we play them, they just seem to turn into prime Gigi Buffon or, or prime Manuel Neuer. Yeah, that, that, this is the thing, isn't it? I, I remember that Dagenham game very vividly because yeah, that was when um, that was when Luke Summerfield scored the penalty and we won two one, and it, it that was, was the it one. Was a, yeah, it was a weird situation. Our, t- our two goal scorers were both Plymouth Academy graduates called Luke, who were born in Ivy Bridge. Which, which was, you know, I'm not sure if that's ever happened before or since. Um, I would, I would, I would probably, I'd probably guess not. No, I'd probably guess not. In all fairness, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how many people really looked into that. Um, I don't know how the hell I found that out. To be honest, I've absolutely no idea how you know that, but I'm impressed that you do, James. I've never forgot it, to be honest. Um, It's very vividly stuck in my mind. I'll claim it's because I went to uni in Devon. Um, But no, I I think in fairness with Dagenham, it's obviously it's going to be sold out, which is something that's a bit of a concern. As we've mentioned, I'm sure there will be Wrexham fans there. I I think the thing with Dagenham is obviously their form is quite good. 
but in all fairness, if you look at all the teams, you know, I mean, you kind of would expect that other teams pushing for the playoffs. There's not really a team in, I mean, obviously Solihull can't get in the playoffs themselves, um, but I think they're the only team that's involved in the kind of the fixtures we talked about who have had, you know, lost a couple of games in their last sort of five or six. Like every other team is in pretty good form. So I think it's very much a case, obviously, you know, I, I say to people sometimes, I'm not pessimistic, I'm just, I'm just a Wrexham fan. I, I think it's yeah. almost just entrenched in you. But I think if you look at it objectively, you know, we, we are in the best position of all these teams. We, we've got the best goal difference. We have the highest number of points. And obviously, if we win, that, that's it done. But equally, if we draw, there's, there's quite a high chance that we could still probably only sneak in in seventh. But, you know, because if you look at Chesterfield, Halifax, obviously only one of those teams can win that game, mm. in which case, you know, that means that then we, we could still be in there if we draw or even lose. And, and if, they, if they draw, then, you know, neither of them can go above us. So unless, you know, barring we lose like 20 nil and our goal difference plummets. Um, so I, I think if you look at that game, that's obviously something in our favour. I think, as we've mentioned as well, Notts County, you know, Notts County, it's very unlikely that Hartlepool will lose to Weymouth. But Notts County could very much, you know, still get fourth, um, which, you know, obviously doesn't change the thing massively. They're still in the first round of the playoffs. But I think... Notts County, as you said, they're not going to go to, to Bromley and roll over. And I, I think much in the same way that Eastley, obviously, before the Altrincham game, you looked at and you thought, well, their form is, is, is so good that they're just going to beat anyone in front of them. But now they're almost on the back foot. The fact, you know, they've got to go to Solihull, which, you know, as we know from experience, even though they've not had a brilliant season, Solihull aren't, they're not a nice team to play against. So it's, it's not a case that any team really has an easy game. It's, it's such a unique situation, I would argue, whereby if you look at it, every single team, I, I, think, I think every group of fans involved in this is going to be very pessimistic. I don't think you're going to find one set of fans who overall are going to be looking at the table and saying, yeah, we're definitely going to do it. But I think if you had to look at it objectively, you probably would say we are in, you know, we are in the best position of all these teams involved. One thing I did want to touch on before going into the final game, I've been actually really surprised by Cameron Green. I don't know what you made of him. Obviously, he got the assist for the the Jordan Ponticelli goal against Kingsley. And I think he looks like a really smart pickup. And you know, at left back, a lot's been made of Jamie Record. We we accepted on when you were on last time that he'd really kind of dipped and has had a bit of trouble with injury. What have you made of Cameron Green? Obviously, a very raw talent, and looks like he's got all the attributes to to really sort of get himself a new deal, I think, going into next season. This is what I mean, though, about when I'm talking about depth. I think it, it, this is the thing about when you consider the budget that Dean has, as you know, you've said about over, overachieving. I mean, obviously, going into, oh, into the next season, I'd imagine we're going to have a large, slightly larger transfer budget than previous seasons. But in terms of what he's had to work with this season, I, I think he has he's made the best squad he possibly could of. Um, and in, in all fairness, I'm actually... As you say, he looked all right. I mean, I didn't actually watch. I didn't watch all the Kingsley game um, because I was in the pub. I just kind of thought I, I can't bring bring myself to watch this. Um, but I think, as I say, it's very much a case. Obviously, record is. I think the thing with record, I, I look at it. I, I think he's a good left back, but I don't think he's any improvement on Jennings. Right. I think they're, yeah. they're they're two very similar left backs in the sense of they might play slightly different styles of, of football, but 
they're very inconsistent and you don't know if you're going to get like an eight out of 10 or a five out of 10. Mm. Um, and I think certainly with green, it's, it's just, it's just another option there, isn't it? As I say, um, that is someone who just gives us a bit more depth. Uh, and we're, you know, you mentioned there about, we will likely have a, a, an increased transfer budget. What, what do we think in terms of, obviously the, a lot was made of Jordan Davis interview after, after Kings Lynn, where he said he wanted to stay and, you know, be here next season. And, Fans are obviously delighted, and you won't find a Wrexham fan that that wants to see him sold. But what do you, what do you think? Do you think that we'll have the resources to keep him if we don't go up, or, or or do you think it's something that he's played so well recently that there was you know as we were told that there was a lot of football league scouts there at the Kingsland game at the weekend, and you know there'll be no doubt have left impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's obviously different from, you know, basically our, our entire history before is it's not a case that he is an asset that we have to sell to survive. And it's also not a case that we can't, you know, we can only give him a very bare bones contract. You know, you, I obviously I don't have a clue what the budget is, but I, you would imagine that we would have enough that we'd be able to offer him a competitive wage with what he would be earning a, a, a team in League Two. I mean, Obviously, I think the thing is, it's very much a case of when we say football league, it's it's the level, I guess, because obviously it's mm. like you look at someone like Caden Jackson when he went to Barnsley, um, and he just he just didn't play because it was too much of a step up. So I, I'd hate to see him. Obviously, he's gone to Brighton and kind of his career stalled a little bit. Um, Jordan Davis, not not Caden Jackson, but it, it, I, I would hate to see him go to a team in League One or the Championship, not play, get loaned out to someone like kind of bottom of League Two or, or conference and and then you know almost see him like take another step back because as you say the past six ten games he's been in such good form he's been playing at the level that we all heard that he could when he was coming through the academy Uh, it would be such a shame to see him go but I think I think maybe that plays into his mindset obviously people are getting excited about the interview he gave but I think given the fact he's gone to Brighton and then played under 23s you would you would think that he maybe thinks, well, if I go somewhere, as I've said, and he's not going to play, he's then almost like a kind of, you know, catch-22. He's going around again in the same sort of cycle. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he stays with us, you know, because obviously he's, he's still very young, stays with us for a season, you know, hometown. Obviously there's the romanticism that it's his hometown club. But sure. if he if he is offered a decent wage and is playing as he, as he will be every week um, in front of the fans, well, you, you would like to think, start from the start of next season I can't see why we can't keep him even even if we don't get promotion I think there's an element as well that you know cynically I look at it and go if the documentary flies and does really well and you know kind of gets picked up by non-football fans and gets picked up all over the world if Jordan Davis is our best player which we would argue technically he is doesn't make him our player of the season as we explained he's far and away our best player so if he becomes you know a star of the documentary I mean that will do wonders for just his profile and, you know, obviously he's uh, great for us, but, you know, you know, teams and fans higher up the division may not know who Jordan Davis is. Or, or... I actually have a, a good friend of mine uh, called Jordan Davis, and he is far less talented a footballer. He's quite good, but he's far less talented than our Jordan Davis here. Um, but, yeah, you, you would hope that you would keep him and, you know, that he can see the excitement of being around Rexham. And like you say, he's young enough now that he can give it another year. What I was thinking about the other day was that, and I haven't got Rich here to pull him up on it, but Rich has been very guilty of trying to uh, feed into 
this transfer mania when he saw that Brad Walker had been released and Louis Moult had been released and he was on our socials, on our Twitter account, at Rob Ryan Red, which was talking about getting the old band back together. Now, as much as me and you have seen, you know, great performances from the likes of Brad Walker and Louis Moult, can you see either of those happening? I'd be surprised. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's very much a case of, Obviously, this is it's, a lot has been made of the fact this is a new dawn, it's a new era, and you could almost argue to go back to certainly in the case of Louis Mott, a player that we had you know six seasons ago, would would be uh, not a step back because you know we're talking about a player who's just been released by Preston, but you have to look at the reason of, of why he's being released in terms of yes, we know you know when he was at us, he, he was brilliant. You know, I would argue he's he's the best striker we've had potentially the entire time we've been in the conference mm. in terms of just for one season, you know, he was, he was brilliant, but you know, you look at what he did as well when he went to Motherwell, but I think the reason he's been released is because he's been, he's been injured. You know, as we know, he is very injury prone and I, I would yeah. hate to, I'd hate to see us re-sign him because we have a habit of doing this where we'll, we'll sign players who are a little bit past. It's like, you know, a few years ago when we, when we re-signed Lee Fowler, and that was seen as like the big signing of that like 15, 16 Mills team. Mm. And then after about five, six games, he, he didn't play. And then, you know, a couple of months later, he, he ends up retiring. I, I think we have a habit of, of re-signing players that it never seems to work out as well the second time round. I mean, I think, I think Brad Walker I'd be more interested in because I think given the fact he's younger and also he's coming from a, from a, a sort of lower level. I think this is the other thing with Louis Mott. Is, is, is he realistically going to drop down as much as, you know, he, he loves playing for love playing for Rex and still interacts with fans on Twitter. Is he really going to drop down from the championship to the National League? You know, even if we paid him a, a competitive wage, I, I just, given the model as well that is being, is being perpetuated by like the new owners and the CEO and everything, I can't see them going out and spending a championship level wage on a striker I I just think it's I think it's it's a nice idea but mm. I think it's very much a pipe dream of people are thinking we're going to get the 14-15 Louis Moore and he, he's going to take us up and I just I just I don't know as much as I would love it to happen yeah oh, I would love it I would love you know there's part of me in my heart that the, the romance of bringing him back would be unbelievable you know I always have flashbacks of that Dennis the Menace kit that centenary kit Louis Moore Obviously, it obviously went badly wrong when, when we lost to North Ferriby in the final. But, you know, that team, Wes York, there was a lot to love in that team. And I was following Wrexham a lot then and, and get, get into a lot of the games. But I, for, from his side of it, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, he would get to play regularly if he came and he would be a big marquee signing, whichever way you, you, you diced it up. But if he came in and he, and he didn't do the business... His 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 chances of going back up the ladder are far far tougher. You know he may look at it and go, you know what, maybe maybe I I want to move back to Scotland. I know he, he obviously his family's based in Stoke and and wants to be close to them. So does he go? I'll, I'll look at somewhere like Burton or you know I'll look at somewhere like a, a Port Vale that kind of thing, which is you know maybe maybe they'll take a punt on him and I mean someone will take a punt on him because clearly he can score goals. But the Brad Walker one is. I really want to see us go and get that kind of lockdown, you know, defensive midfielder that can just sit in front of that has almost no attacking ambition, really, just can sit there, can free up Jordan Davis if we play him in this sort of three man midfield. You know, for as good as people like 
Paul Rutherford are just to put in there like a Duracell bunny in the midfield. Ultimately, we, we're going to need that little bit more structure in the midfield for me next season because I feel like there's been a lot of games, and it happens a lot at non-league level if, if we're still in the non-league, where games seem to just completely bypass the midfield. It's just like long clearance from defence to the attackers and they get robbed of possession and then it's like a long ball. Over, and then you think, well, our midfield's not touched it now for... 10 15 minutes or if we do it's they it's a loose touch and we're, we're tackled and you know watching that Notts County game the other week it was quite rare to see a midfield dominate a game at the race course uh you know not our midfield obviously their midfield but um even so it was just you know that's what I'm looking for and I feel like I remember going late and orient away and I think I can't remember if Brad Walker was missing for that game or he went off injured or so but I just remember that we started all right in that game and then we we fell away and it, we had such a good following there. And, you know, the games, I, I, that was one of Ricketts' best piece of business, to be honest. I thought bring it, bringing him in, you know, a lot was made of Maguire, Drew, but really Walker was no flash. He was just that Mr. Consistent that we seem to love having. I don't think there'd be many Wrexham fans that were opposed to, to him coming back. But the difficulty is for a lot of these players is they've got to come down into non-league with the belief that they're going to get back out again at Rex, and we've seemed to have some sort of Bella Gutman curse on us, where we can't, you know, for for the European niche fans out there, the that kind of like uh, curse witch doctor that's just put upon us, you know, that we we just can't seem to escape. I mean, the Eastley game, if we make the playoffs, it's going to come back to that, isn't it, James? We're going to get flashbacks to that game. Honestly, mate, I don't think I will ever. I've said this you before I don't think I will ever forget that game that game was just because I remember watching it so vividly in, in my room in my house at uni one of my housemates it was a 21st birthday and it was kind of a case of you know there's like 50 60 people downstairs and I've got to go downstairs having just not only just lost to Eastley but the that Kieran Kennedy goal uh the you know the fact I mean in all fairness to Danny Hollands it was a good goal that he scored to beat oh, us unbelievable but, you know, going down, going downstairs in my Wrexham shirt as well, because I was like, like I'm not, I was, I'm not going to take this off. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to wear it through to the end. My, my sort of LDV Vans, like 05 top. Nice. And I was nice. just, I, I was just thinking, you know, I, I'm there at the, sort of the middle of this party, just thinking, you know, it sounds awful. I'm, just, I'm talking to all these people, and almost a few, quite a few of them, I was just genuinely saying, like, shit, look at this goal. Like, there were people who you know, I'd never met before. I knew that I was like, they probably don't like football, but I was just like, is this a goal? Because I was this just a that. goal. Show me the goal. Honestly, I was just that. Like, I still haven't gotten over it. I, as I no, said, I think it, so I will take it to my grave. So if we yeah. play Eastley again, oh, God. Uh, I mean, I really hope that's not possible. I mean, if, they, if, if we end up playing them, looking at it quickly before, before we end up having to begrudgingly give predictions. What, what do we think of the teams that are already there locked in the playoffs? We've got Torquay there. I know me and you were both watching that Torquay-Stockport game the other week. Hartlepool there and Notts are there. We've seen, we've seen Notts recently. Obviously, the playoffs are a lottery and any, anything can happen. That old cliche and you know, everything will be rattled out of, oh, it's, it's one game and form doesn't matter and the 98-point season and et cetera, et cetera. But what do you make of the teams that there? How do we stack up against those? Because there's a lot for me personally. I'm very pessimistic. There's a lot for me to be fearful of in those teams. No, I would agree with you. I think I think certainly talking Stockport from 
from that game, just watching it, even though you know it, it finished as a draw, which obviously didn't help either of them, and ultimately Sutton have gone and gone and won the league. Um, I think looking at that game, it was very evident that both of them were were ahead of us. And I think if we played if we played either of those, which you know it's quite likely if we do get in the players, we're going to have to play at least one of them, if not both. I really. I don't know. I would be very worried with those two. Hartlepool, not so much, in all fairness. Mm. I, th- I think Hartlepool, their form has dropped off a little bit. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't, from what I've seen of Hartlepool this season, they don't quite excite me in the same way. Maybe excite's the wrong word. I mean, I I'm not getting excited at the prospect of losing to Stockport. But you, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They, they don't quite sort of strike me in the same way. As, mm. as as um, as the other two talking in Stockport, I mean, Notts Notts as well. I'm not. I wouldn't like to play Notts if I'm honest. You know, if it transpires we have to play them in the first game, we have to go to Meadow Lane. I I, I wouldn't exactly be yeah. relishing the prospect of that. Either. <laughs> no, and you think you think but you think with the Notts games, we you know we've played them twice in in pretty close games. I know the second game they they dictated. I thought the race course and were firmly in control. That first game we hammered them for the first. 15, 20 minutes before obviously Ponticelli goes off and kind of the wheels come off there. Hartlepool, obviously, we won away there. Elliot Durrell scored that wonder goal. And at home, we, we ended up clinging on, but they were denied a Stonewall penalty. And we, oh, we God, clung yeah. on. Yeah, we clung on for a draw that was not deserved. Torquay, obviously, they we've lost, we've lost both times to them, I think. And Stockport just like a really well well oiled machine you just know that John Rooney and Alex Reed will combine to haunt us but dagging them now what do we think I'll go first so that you don't put you on the spot I'm going to go James with a 1-0 win and why I say that is I think we'll be so scared to lose the game that I think Dean will go for what he knows best how to defend you know he'll go let's go and I think maybe the wing backs will be slightly more passive it could go completely the other way and we just go all gung-ho and try and blitz Dagenham. But I can just see us being that little bit more passive, and especially for the first sort of 45 minutes, just trying to feel it out and see where we are because I, I, I don't think Dean... I mean, Dean's rarely ever cavalier. And I, I think he, on this occasion, he'll be very much trying to lay the ground for the, the, a playoff run. And that will be, we're going to be on the road we need to be defensively solid and we'll just try and nick a goal on the counter through Jordan or through Reese or someone like that. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was I was the same in terms... Well, I will explain. There is still hope, but in terms of the actual game, I, I mm. think... Because just, just looking as well, obviously, they've played like Wealdstone and Woking and, and Halifax, Dagenham, obviously not brilliant teams... But they've beaten them all by considerable margins. Like they, they beat Wilston 5 0, they beat Halifax 3 0, which, you know, obviously we, we got them on that. But I think you look at them, mm. they've obviously got goals in them. And I think I am just worried that we are going to, I think we'll lose, I probably would say, I think 2 0. Um, <laughs> That's I, I just, a cheery, James. That's brilliant, isn't it? it That's it brilliant. Is really, for us. It is really cheery. Um, but I do. I think we will still get in the playoffs. But I, I think oh, right. we, I, okay. it, it's a slightly rogue take. But I, I think, yeah. As I say, in terms of the actual Dagenham game, I think we will lose. Uh, but if we go through the rest of the games, I, I can explain why I think we will get in the playoffs. 
So who do you think, how do you think it's going to work then? So I'll, I'll give you the floor to finish us off. So the games, I th- I'm assuming you're looking at the Bromley Knots game and you're looking at the Halifax Chesterfield game. You think enough will happen that even if we lose, we'll still get into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think, I can see, I think Chesterfield, even though they're away to Halifax, I think Halifax's form isn't, isn't brilliant. Um, and I, I think Chesterfield, they have enough in there. And at Chesterfield as well, we're talking about teams that, that would scare me in the playoffs. Chesterfield are, are another team, even ju- just because of Danny Rowe, really. Um, I, I think Chesterfield will win, which obviously that means Halifax are out of the picture. Finish, so then yeah. we, we then drop to seventh. I think Notts will get something against Bromley, which then means you know, we're on the same number of points as Bromley, but goal difference-wise, we're in there. Oh. So you're, you're, you're having it. You're, you're writing the script that is the most dramatic of all. We're going to get in on goal difference, which who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? One this is the to thing. The Wrexham. This is the thing. It's quite nice. It's such a weird perspective that we do almost, you know, not only have one of the best goal differences in the league, but we always we have one of the best goal scored record, which you think in previous seasons is is, is unheard it's of. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, and then to, to finish off my sort of very hopeful playoff picture I, I think um, I think Eastie will I don't think Eastie will beat Solihull I think that will be a draw and and I think again we, we will be ahead of Eastie on goal difference well they I mean there you go listeners we'll we'll I mean we'll soon find out this will be obviously before the game and keen to hear your thoughts if you let us know on Twitter at Rob Ryan Reds let us know on Facebook when this is or post that on the various fan pages and if you want to email us which is soon increasingly popular you can email us at rob at gmail.com james thanks for coming on rich is somewhere in some welsh village in a, in a hot tub time machine by the look of his instagram so he will be back soon i'm sure we'll have you on soon obviously as i said in the last time that james was on james is working on a documentary about the how, how can we put it nicely the, the kind of the down years of Wrexham mm. and and that will you know we'll get James on when that is out and we can talk through that but hopefully good times are coming Dagenham on Saturday for those Wrexham fans that do get into the Dagenham and don't cheer too loudly but do make yourself known and come on the Reds big three points needed the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.